I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, let me see. What was I going to say? That'll be my intro. What was I going to say again? What was I going to say? How does this go? One, two, three. Hi, everybody. Hey. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back for the first time to our inaugural episode of CD's Nuts the podcast uh, where we're nuts about CDs and we're nuts about vinyl and cassette tapes and, cassette and music. Tapes, yeah. I have a cassette tape, but generally speaking, we are excited about music. And with me, as always, is the two-time summertime hot boy nominee and part-time god of water. Sorry, go ahead. Say my name again. Ian McCracken. Hello, my name's Ian McCracken. Uh, boy, oh boy, do I like music. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask you, I thought this might, since this is our first episode, uh, so that we could get to know each other a little better and specifically... Because I don't know listen. you at all. We've never met. I actually just called you on Skype and said, is this, are you Ian? And you said yes. So, what I thought I would ask you uh, for this, since this is a music-based podcast, is have you ever heard music? Yes, I have heard lots of music. Okay, cool. So then you are distinctly qualified, I would say. Hell yeah. Awesome. But in all seriousness, what would you say you know about music? What's your experience with it? Uh, this is where I give you all my doctorate credentials, right? And I tell mm-hmm. you that I've played in the uh, Philharmonic Symphony. Yep. Uh, I've done I've done none of those things, and I don't know how to read sheet music. So, uh, no, I've, <laughs> I've basically I've just played in garage bands, and uh, I just love listening to music, man. I, I I don't know a whole lot of like minutia details on how music is played necessarily. I just like to nerd out about it. Sure, sure, and I think that um. Uh, it may not be exciting as far as a narrative co- is concerned, but that's essentially, I mean, musically, I think we kind of grew up together and I think our experiences are probably kind of neck and neck right there. Okay. So spoiler alert, we were in a band together. Yes, this is true. And this was, this was before we met on the Skype call. Yeah. God, what was that? Like 20 years ago now? 
I mean, I don't want to age us immediately like that, just out us right out the gate, but... I mean, I had just been born. Let's see. Uh, almost, yeah, I would say about 19 years ago is when we were in a band. That's crazy. That is crazy, and I don't want to think about that. So let's talk about music, man. What, what, what do you want to talk about today? Well, it's funny you should mention that because you actually had a great idea for our... Oh. our yeah, see, I'm, I'm throwing this right back at you, but you had a great idea for our first episode, and... Uh, why don't you tell us what that great idea was? Well, I feel like if anybody's actually listening out there, um, and you kind of want to get to know who we are better through music, I think mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to discuss our first albums that we ever bought with our own money. Yes. And I do think that's a good place to start because, uh, I don't know about you. We haven't talked about this ahead of time, but I think that it'll probably be really telling as to what our first albums were. Absolutely, and possibly future episodes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely, right? Um, But I thought I would go ahead and start because um, I'm needy and I want attention, and I thought, hey, (sighs) yeah, well, you, you, listen, you know me, and you know how this works. (laughs) I do. So, yeah. So, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about me for a minute. Um, Now, as you know, I come from a very religious family. And, and I think that's as, an, as we all know, as every new listener has known from the beginning of this episode. Well, see, I'm I'm assuming that they've already listened to this once before, and they've already got an idea of where I come from. Smart. Yeah, you know, I, was, I thought this through. Um, you think I? You know what? They don't really talk about podcast replay value as much. I think I re-listen to podcasts more than I listened to them the first time. Somehow. We need to save a, a special episode to discuss what podcasts we're listening to, which, you know, is basically just an advertisement for other podcasts, and we're really trying. So, you know what? Never mind. No, I think we I think we could do that, but only if there's something in it for us. You know, like, maybe we can, like, go to the big guys and be like, listen, we can, we can bring you at least one or two more people, you know? Yeah, ourselves. Yeah, well, I would listen if they talked about me. You know, so. which is what we're doing right now. I can't. I actually can't even wait for this to be over. I just want to listen to it again. <laughs> so. Just want to go on this ride that I'm living. Um, yeah. So you, know, you yeah. So as everybody knows, you yeah. have a you grew up with a very religious background. I did grow up as a religious background, and I think that that's important for my story because I like to think that I have two first records or CDs or tapes or whatever that I bought myself. Uh, one would be where I considered the religious leanings of my family, and then one that I bought for myself. And so I think the very first album I ever actually bought, just period, and this would be the one where like, I was worried about my mom finding it, would be Weird Al. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't, know, I don't remember which Weird Al because, honestly, I had them all at some point. Um, but it was very family friendly, as I'm sure, you know, um, Weird Al's definitely like, he's real clean and everything. So this was something that I could have and my mom wouldn't make a big stink about it. Oh man. And she, she can stink sometimes as a mom does. Uh, but that's a bathing, that's a bathing thing. And I don't want to get into it cause it's not really music related. Um, no, but what I will tell you about is a little, well, 
an average-sized man named Russell Tyrone Jones. Or maybe you know him as Asan Unique. Perhaps Dirt McGirt. The one, <laughs> the only, old dirty bastard. Well, you know, as, as my grandpa once said, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. This is this is true, and Old Dirty Bastards. The what was it even called? It had some. It's like the longest name ever. It is called the Return to Thirty Six Chambers, the Dirty Version. Was maybe the first album I ever really bought myself without consideration for my family and what they might <laughs> think of me. Man, that's a that's an insane first album. How old were you? I must have been. Let's see, that that came out in like 90... Actually, I have it written down here. It came out March 28th, 1995 was the release date. So I would have been maybe like 13, 14 years old when that came out. Okay. And I I didn't buy it right away, but uh, you and another friend of ours actually come into the story because if I remember correctly, I bought this album to make you guys laugh. (laughs) <laughs> what why because of the song shimmy shimmy yaw well at the time i don't think any of us would describe ourselves as rap fans per se uh system of down was really big that was kind of our jam um you were listening to jimmy Eat world no that's not true <laughs> i was not listening to t- <laughs> no i i take that back i don't want to i don't want to besmirch your name that quickly um no. but no, I just thought it. I remember at the time thinking they'll think this is hilarious because we don't listen to rap. So I'll buy the most ridiculous rap album that I can think of. And was this was this before or after you knew that we were well aware of ICP and uh, Stephen owned a few albums? Uh, it must have. I think this might have been like really early days into our friendship when we were still trying to feel mm-hmm. each other out. Uh, yeah. As friends, obviously, and well, um, you were able to do backflips on trampolines, so like you were in. That's that's you know this this is not exciting for listeners, obviously. But I was actually thinking the other day, like we met each other in drama class. You said come over to my friend Steven's house, and like that was it. Pretty much, it just like there was there was no like warm up period where you're like, hey Steven, you should get to know this guy. It was like we just started hanging out, and then I bought Old Dirty Bastard. You know, we probably should have said all this stuff first, like how we met and stuff. Well, that would, I think that, it, that, that would have been, but you know, here we are. We can roll it into the narrative. It's all part of a beautiful story about music and friendship and, and first time podcasters and first time podcasters. Well, my first time. Hey, we might get two listeners on this one. So I'm really hoping it, what's going to happen is I'm going to I'm going to text you in like a week and ask you if you've listened and you'll be like, "No, I'm planning on it. <laughs> it's on the list." And you just eyeball it and see that it one play never happens. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, no, 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 I'll get to it." I'm just watching that first episode for 6 months just hoping. Woof. Now, okay, so enough about us though. This is about the music. Uh this is about our our first albums and Old Dirty Bastards, Return to 36 Chambers, the Dirty Version, was my first album. And originally, I had, like I said, I'd kind of bought it as a joke, but obviously, you know, you're spending $20 of your hard-earned money, which at the time, I didn't really have $20 to blow. I was like, I'm going to listen to this thing, and I ended up really, really liking it. Um, Obviously, Shimmy Shimmy Ya 
was uh that was a big one i think that was like his big hit single from the from that particular album and there was a track on there called snakes which i was really really fond of uh specifically for the production um the rizza basically did the production for the entire album like almost every song on there makes sense and uh like if you like if you like any sort of wu-tang production you're gonna like this album because it's it's that classic sound and uh a lot of other people liked it it reached number seven on the billboard top 200 which is pretty good i mean it's it's higher than i've ever been on billboard and uh let's see yeah, what I else mean, how many how many wu-tang albums actually ended up like high on the billboards i'm wondering uh it, you know it's, it's have been too many well it's funny that you say that because i was i was looking into it uh for research for this episode obviously and the wu-tang they they formed in 92 they put out into the wu-tang 36 chambers in november 93 and it was like an immediate success and then they all kind of actually went down from there so like every subsequent album did worse so they started at the top and then worked their way down wow um yeah like like their first album was it had to have been it had to have been transcendent because i mean all their albums after i mean they still have this huge fan base like global Uh, fan base so i mean even their bottom is like most people's top well, I think what happened for a lot of people is like, you know, there's, there are, I don't know what the actual number is off the top of my head, but there's like somewhere between like five and 10 guys in the Wu-Tang Clan. And what happened, what actually kind of led to their decline in sales numbers was there was like a three year period where all of them put out solo albums sandwiched by a Wu-Tang album. So you had like, 10 albums within the span of three years and it it caused a little bit of uh like burnout for people mm. but but at the same time kind of like you're saying there were um fans across the board like um what was his name i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make up a name here and say it was uh ghostface killer and his whole thing was sort of like the uh, the mafia rap style, and he had pretty much actually brought that back into popularity. So he had his own fans, you know. The RZA and the Jizza obviously had their own fans, and basically, Red uh, Man Method Man, yeah, the the whole thing, and they all just kind of hit. Everyone was like super popular in their own way, and and that's kind of the story of that. Okay. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I'm going to wrap up my segment here in just a moment. I'll be honest with you, uh, that was the only real Old Dirty Bastard album I got into. After that, he had an album come out called Brother Please. It wasn't called Brother, but I'm not qualified to say sure. the other word. Right. And um, that did have... Um, I think it's called Gotcha Money. That was another real big hit of his. Um, but then there's a sad end to this particular story. Uh, after a couple of years on and off of jail time, um, Old Dirty Bastard died in uh, 2004, actually. Um, of a God, it feels like it was like not that long ago. It, it really does feel like it happened 
but like very then, recently. Then again, it was like all they were talking about on TRL and saying TRL out loud reminds me of how long ago it really was. I know, right? Like, I I don't even know if they do TRL now, but the last time I watched it, it was nothing like at the time, and you just realize how much time has gone by. And in fact, that's what I wanted to wrap up the story with is how much time has gone by. I don't know if you knew this. This was something I learned in the research for the show, but there is a young dirty bastard. Oh, snap. No, I did not know that. Well, do you remember the infamous video of Old Dirty Bastard going to the welfare office and getting his food stamps? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, well, this is a real thing that happened. Um, they had they had put out the Wu the first Wu Tang album, and he had just gotten his advance for his own solo album. And in between that time, he hadn't done taxes because it's in between years, and so he was still receiving welfare. And MTV went with him to the welfare office to get his food stamps. And how this is relevant is that he had actually taken two of his children with him, one of them being Young Dirty Bastard or Old Dirty Bastard Jr., who, if you look him up, looks exactly like his dad, sounds exactly like him, has his own rap career. And oh, Yeah, um, look at that. Yeah, it looks just like him. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like you should like when you get a chance, you should look up um, some interviews with him and stuff like that because he is. Oh, the air conditioner turned off. That was it. I'm gonna cut that out though because that's not exciting. Anyways, um, <laughs> maybe I could leave in the adventures of my air conditioner. That could be a recurring segment. That's real life, baby. People like that stuff. That is real life, and that's what old dirty bastard was all about. He used to say <laughs> Wu Tang was for the children. And I think boy was that was that ever the case for this album? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was one for the kids. Just like I feel like air conditioner is something that kids should also enjoy. So I've talked for about thirteen minutes, very vaguely about Old Dirty Bastard and how that was my first album. What about you? What was your first album? Well, I had a lot of these after my first album, but my first album is a compilation. Okay. But it's not just any compilation. You see, like, CDs were still pretty, like, new when I got mine. Or at least they felt new. Um, right. Because I used to have, you know, cassette tape players, Walkmans. Um, but then my dad got a, an actual CD player. And so, like, I want to say like a month or two later, I got my first CD that I paid with, with my own allowance. Mm-hmm. And it was the Super Mario Brothers motion picture soundtrack. Oh, okay. And <laughs> it's a wild ride, let me tell you that much. It it must be. I, off offhand, I can't think of anything that was on the thing except for uh the dinosaur dance song. Absolutely, which is actually a remake of a song. It's yeah, it's Walk the Dinosaur. Walk the Dinosaur, um, yeah. But this one was a uh a version of the song. Like if you go to Spotify, you cannot find this version because it was made for the movie. Um hmm. And the name of the band is the Goombas. <laughs> okay. And it's featuring George Clinton. Really? Uh, of Parliament. So it it it's it's different uh, because they actually say the word Goomba in the song a few times, in the chorus okay. especially. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, I I can't replicate that uh, because <laughs> I don't want to sound like an idiot. Well. 
okay but i mean a different kind of idiot <laughs> okay so, okay fair enough so this this uh soundtrack uh unlike most soundtracks starts with a freaking dud okay it it starts with almost unreal by Roxette, a song that unless you <laughs> wait until like middle of the ending credits you don't hear in the movie once okay and that's how the that's how the cd starts and that so and that's I, what they come out swinging with they came out swinging with rock set like and it's not even like good rock set it's like the super super slow song uh and then the next song is love is the drug which i want to say is the song that um big bertha uh, ah, of the yes. Boom Boom Room, uh, yes. dance, slow danced with Mario. Yeah. Uh, so Classic again, scene. so again, t- another slow song. Mm-hmm. And then, um, where are you going? By Extreme again, <laughs> slow song. So you see where this is going. Now, <laughs> and let's let's reflect for a minute. For those who don't know, the Mario movie is crazy. Like the backstory it's, is insane. Like the the fact that it was it was a husband and and wife directing duo whose only real credit was an episode of the Twilight Zone, and they were just gifted this movie. They like convinced movie executives to to let them make it, and they didn't speak a a lot of English, or there was like language barriers. So like it was incredibly frustrating to work with them because they just had a hard time communicating with the actors. Right, and like. Bob Hoskins did it because, like, he figured his kids would like it. Uh, same reason that Dennis Hopper did it. <laughs> and uh, John Leguizamo uh, thought it was going to, like, make his career. It, the, um, what, the Pest wasn't good enough? No, I mean, yeah, they hadn't done The Pest yet. This was his uh, first, like, big movie. Uh, that's that's true. That's true. Anyway, it's, yeah, that wouldn't do it anyways. But, but there's the like, movie... The... Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to... Like, so... What you're telling me is the first three songs of this are slow, like, vibing, sort of, like, It's sexy. like slow dance, like, yeah, like, really, like, I mean, it's extreme is that, you know, I'm sure you've heard their slow jam, their slow ballad. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, But, yeah, it's it's three songs, but then the very next song, um, Breakpoint by Megadeth. <laughs> Will okay. freaking wake it'll wake you the fuck up. It is it is a that one's a banger. I was listening to it uh in the car yesterday and uh I remember there's a uh there's a, uh he does a cuss in the song. Mm. And uh every time it would happen in the car, um my dad would just go, Whoop <laughs> just make this like <laughs> this sound of like I, I want to do something about it, but I want to cover it up like what you just heard, but he was too late every time. He just well, and he's also jamming like it's mega death, so Oh yeah, it's it's my dad. You know, he likes he likes to rock out. Uh he doesn't, so he doesn't one, want to be that dad. No 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 no. He just wanted to he wanted to rock out with his with his boy, but he also wanted to make sure I didn't hear a cuss. Sure. And then after that's walk the dinosaur, which we have discussed. Yeah. Um and then another slow song, um, and I don't know who 
Charles and Eddie are, but that's who it's performed by, and it's I Would Stop the World. There's a lot of slow songs in this. It, it's crazy. But the next one is uh, Joe Satriani's uh, Speed of Light, which I don't know if okay. you guys are familiar with Joe Satriani. Guitar wizard. Guitar wizard, yeah, uh, of the school of Steve Vai. Just like uh, mm-hmm. his uh, Surfing with the Alien is a really good album. I'll probably talk yes. about that one on another um, episode. Uh, a classic Tie Your Mother Down by Queen follows um perhaps one of my favorite tracks on the on the record is i want you by marky mark and the funky bunch all right okay Uh, i don't know that one (laughs) that one and and most people don't uh i don't think it's on any of his like albums that i could find but i I did find it on spotify um it's not a well-known song it's definitely like a deep deep cut for him okay um the song starts with like a 45 second like sexy piano number and then it gets into like the the marky mark upbeat uh the stuff but it, it's one of the first rap songs i ever learned all the words to this was so this was your whoop there it is <laughs> yeah actually yeah because i didn't know the words to whoop there it is but i knew the words to this awesome um, okay. <laughs> and then um let's see somewhere in my love yes another slow song and wow. then the the song uh that i don't think is anywhere in the movie that i could see or hear it's mm-hmm. cantaloupe i don't know if you know what cantaloupe is it's performed by us three i know it because uh, of you yeah and yeah the only reason i know it is because of this album <laughs> i i was obsessed with the rhythm the, the guy's flow in the song the way he mm-hmm. uh the way he i don't even i wouldn't even call it rapping it's just like scatting or like jazz freehand the way he's like his his flow is amazing so like i wanted to learn it um and it was i i wanted it to be the first song that i knew all the words to you know obviously listening to this album a lot i would always hit that marky mark as well but um but this song i would play on repeat on my cd player as i slept hoping i would absorb it i was 10 years old mind you right but I thought that would help me memorize a song because I just wanted to, like, I wanted to be able to, to do all those words as fast as he did. And well, you can make assassins by whisking, whis- uh, whispering to people in their sleep, and you were thinking, okay, that works in the James Bond movies, right? And so, It'll probably and, and work and for weird- you to learn cantaloupe, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the thing is, like, the the first like ten seconds of the song, um. When I went to Bulgaria uh, with my wife, um, um, the news on the hour every hour would play the first five or ten seconds of Cantaloupe. Okay. And then they would just start saying the news in Bulgarian. I'm like, why Why this song? How insane is that? Yeah, that's... Do you ever figure that out or is that just like a thing? No, it's, it's, and apparently they've been using it for decades because that's just what they do. They just they've some I guess they really liked that song and then they didn't stop doing that, which was it's, written by Herbie Hancock. Okay, <laughs> which is amazing. I think what's tripping me out about this more than anything is if you watch the Super Mario Brothers movie, whether you like it or not, it's bonkers. There's people like jumping over alleyways. There's you know people shooting lasers at mushrooms. It's it's bonkers, but then you're telling me that 80% of the soundtrack is slow jams. Yes. I don't know where they were going with that one, but 
I mean, at least on the uh, the action scenes, they did. I remember the use of Megadeth and the use of Joe Satriani within the movie. So yeah, the two rockinest songs are actually featured in the movie itself. All the other songs, I gotta assume they're in the credits or like you hear it on the radio at the beginning of the movie or something. Was it one of those music uh, inspired by scenarios? I don't know. I I I mean. I think they, I don't know if necessarily inspired by, uh, maybe it was vice versa. Maybe they thought of these songs and then they were like, let's write a movie based on these songs. It's not a movie, so weird. But um, no, it just says original motion picture soundtrack. Okay, well, that's I'm going to have to look that up because I, I don't remember any of that. And I'm one of those I'm one of those people that's like a Super Mario apologist, but I don't remember the <laughs> Wait for the movie? Yeah, for, oh yeah, for sure. Or or just for its like, you know, um racist portrayal of Italians. No, uh Mario himself has probably, you know, done some war crimes, but just for the movie itself, I'll right. I'll de- I'll defend it forever because I was just the right age to not understand how bad it was. Yeah, same. No, same. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, and so like I unironically love that movie, but um it I but all that to say I don't remember the soundtrack at all, so I'll definitely have to look into that. That's that's really funny. It's a classic. Um there is a Mario Brothers motion picture soundtrack playlist on um Spotify. Somebody I okay. guess had collected all the songs, so they're all in there. The only one that is different is Walk the Dinosaur because it's not performed by the Goombas. It's not done George by Clinton. The Goombas. Right. It's the original uh, Walk the Dinosaur. It's probably like um, Morris Day in the Time or something. <laughs> it's it's a band similar to Morris Day in the Time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's uh, we can we can put that in the uh, a link in the description, as they say. Ah, hell yes. Yeah, maybe I'll well, just grab a couple of those tracks and I'll put them in that playlist. Cool. Sounds good. The ones now, that are worth listening to. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead. No, you're you're great. It's that's the power of editing. I've got nothing to do this weekend. And woo. I'll cut that out. Yeah. Woo. Um I'll leave the woos in though because I want people to know that this is an exciting time. <laughs> it's so exciting, it's, you guys. It's really exciting. And in fact, you know what's the most exciting right now? What's that? We're, I'm going to throw it to a new segment for the first time called Listeners Listening To. Okay. Okay, I'm probably not going to keep that because it, <laughs> it doesn't really work, but... Run it again. And now we're going to throw to Listeners Listening To on CD's Nuts Podcast. Boy, that's by, a word salad. I like salad, so... Mm, yeah, fair. I reached out to some people on Facebook to ask them what they were listening to because it's not just about us as much as we might want it to be. Uh, Other people listen to music, as I'm sure you are aware. Get right out of town. Uh, Well, you'd be surprised. It turns out basically everyone listens to some sort of music. Ugh. It's your own thing. I know. Like, we're trying to do a podcast here. For instance, Chris Rush was listening to Kakigori Galaxy Astronaut by Demon Dice. 
And he said, in particular, a track he was really jamming on was called Hazy Skyscraper. I looked it up. It's sort of a a frenetic kawaii sort of something or another. But again, we'll put a link to that in the description. Okay. I'll give that a a good listen. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Um, It's it's actually kind of interesting. If you do look up that particular album, the girl Demon Dice, who did did these songs also does videos for a couple other people and she has a really unique animated style. So check that out. I also got a message from Casey in Texas saying he's been listening to hesitation marks by the nine inch nails. And then last but not least, we've got Davis telling us that he has listened to Donda by Kanye, which I think is his second foray into Christian music. Not is that what it is? I think so. I I listened to his first one. His well, not his first one. His first Christian album. Uh huh. It's um. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad, but you can tell it's very much. Uh, it almost feels like it's reactionary to something. Like he's just getting it out and then done. Uh, so I think Donda kind of follows up with that another Christian album. Haven't heard it myself much. But there you go. I gave it one listen through, and okay. I don't know. I'm maybe it's just I'm not the biggest Kanye fan. Uh, Kanye as a person, I you know obviously I want to look just appreciate the the art for what it is. Sure. Uh, but just on like a first listen, I wasn't necessarily engrossed by any of it. I love yeah. his old stuff. I love his old stuff. But I think the past like two or three albums that I've heard, I mean they're they're just kind of okay. I don't know. He's yeah. almost better as like a featured artist on somebody else's thing, but his this is his production's on point. Oh yeah, no. I mean, this is definitely a very wrong opinion I have <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> I know that, but uh-huh. it's just I don't. It's just my personal taste. But you know, That's... I'll listen to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and us three. So what do I know? Listen, you wrap you wrap that package up with some Mister Big, and you're good to go. <laughs> yep and that has been listeners listening to so there you go well listen to it though now what I will say is we'll we'll put all of these things in the playlist which is going to be in the description and if you are listening to anything make sure you reach out to us let us know what are you listening to why are you listening to it and that's what it's all about music discovery in all seriousness um you know, I wanted to talk about music. I said, hey, Ian, let's talk about music. You said, yeah, all right. And so I hope we can all learn about music and listen to some new music because I'm always trying to listen to new music. Like, yeah. all the time. Always be listening. Always be listening. Like, if I wasn't doing this right now, I would be You'd listening. You'd be listening to music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. Well, do you want to give them the uh, the social medias? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can check us out at CDs Nuts Pod on Instagram, and you can also get a hold of us at CDs Nuts Pod at Gmail dot com. All right, Ian. Well, this has been uh, it. <laughs> what do you think? This is what it's been. No, I want a review from you. Oh, okay. Um, you know, no, it's most. Good. Most people are um, like, 
put a put a put a review on iTunes. But really, I just I care about what you think. So, you know, uh, you know, half the half the hosts are good. Sure. Um, I won't tell you which one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know, but you know. And um, yeah. Uh, look, there's a there's going to be a lot of soundtrack talk coming for me because for the next or for the last or. Uh, next last no mm. for like 10 years when i into my like buying cds uh age uh they were all soundtracks that's all i wanted Absolutely. yeah and it was always to a movie i liked and it didn't even i didn't even have to hear the soundtrack ahead of time to buy it i just bought it because i liked the movie and then i would learn to love what garbage i was listening to you know i feel i feel like you might be working on a segue into our next episode Oh, and uh, Just, what will that be? Well, I think, again, this was your idea. I should come up with some ideas, but your idea was... I forget should, all my ideas. Well, but I've been listening, so this it works great. <laughs> Thank God. Somebody someone's did. Someone's doing it, right? Uh, tune in next time where we're going to be talking about a little soundtrack album called Batman and Robin. <gasps> oh my God, you guys. The end is the beginning is the end. And the beginning is the end is the beginning. That's right. That's all I'm going to say. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Ian. Guys, I love you all. He really does. It's kind of sweet when you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) We need a sign off. Okay. Listen to music. The CDs. And that's wow! We nailed it. Okay, hang on. We're nuts. Uh, All right. You know what? Perfect synergy is. We're gonna uh, nail it, and when we say it at the same time, ready? Yep. One, two, and, three, oh. go. And, and that's, that's a CD. CD. Wow. <laughs> we did it. And goodbye, everybody. <laughs> it's the perfect way to end it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.